All right, guys, welcome to the Fitness Devil podcast. I think we're on episode 85. I couldn't schedule Andrew in to do an intro, so I guess myself, Dean, has to do it. Uh, we're bringing Mike Howard back. So it's kind of funny because I thought we just had Mike on and it was about seven months ago. So Mike Howard's the own, uh, owner of Lean Minded and he just basically does the online nutrition thing and he does it really well. And one of the reasons why we brought him back on is because he's speaking at the Inland Fitness Conference and he just has a lot of good stuff to say. We just catch up about kind of what he's been doing the last six months. We kind of get into what a solopreneur is. I've never heard that word, but he made it up. Maybe he didn't, but it's kind of funny to talk about business and kind of how he's done it on his own. And then we just dispel a few nutrition myths and we just shoot the shit for about an hour. So enjoy and rate us on iTunes. If you hear this and you want to share what we got going on, it's always nice to see Instagram um, things pop up on the story. It's easy to share them. So any anywhere you can help, that helps us get the word out. So enjoy. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fitness Devil Podcast. We always forget to intro the host, so of course, anyone who's listening to this, it probably takes a little while to figure out. Once you get the personality, you kind of know the difference between us, but I'm Andrew, and then Dean is going to say something right now. I'm saying something right now. He's saying something right now. Uh, and uh, we've got uh, our buddy Mike Howard back, so Mike is the mind and mouth behind Lean Minded. Uh, he is, I love this stuff, the purveyor of inconvenient nutritional truths. <laughs> and we got him back so uh welcome back buddy yeah thank you so much that's awesome the, the mostly mouth maybe than more mouth than mine sometimes but yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's me you know but what's crazy me back this is awesome you know what's crazy i was looking at the skype call because i had to set up this thing and like it seems like it wasn't that long ago like i was like oh we just talked to mike like what the fuck yeah yeah, yeah. it was seven months ago oh my god like isn't that crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven months. I know. I was thinking, oh yeah, it was three months maybe. I was like, we're, months, I was yeah. like, let's get Mike back on, but like, wasn't he just on? Like, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. But it was. It was literally half a year ago, like over half a year. Wow. Ago. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you. Anything crazy cool. happen in the meantime? I guess. Oh, crazy! No, well, we both been to Costa Rica. We were just talking yeah. about that. I, uh, that was uh, that's uh, always a good experience. Um, nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing out of the out of this world crazy. But yeah, no, just kind of. You, you know, crazy, crazy life, crazy, crazy, busy, crazy, you know, crazy life of, of a solopreneur slash fitness person. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Other than that, you uh, mentioned Costa Rica even like explain that because you're like, oh, I did like a retreat. So like you actually like put on something for like your solopreneur ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, I, I hate that word. I don't know why I used it. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just a fitness. I'm a, I'm a fitness guy. But um, yeah, yeah. No. So last year, um, it was kind of a, a an old colleague of my, or sorry, uh, an old client uh, who became a friend. We had sort of bantered back and forth about ideas, and she had just done kind of a yoga certification in Costa Rica. So she's like, "Hey, we should run something like this where." It's like you do a fitness component and I do the yoga thing. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then, you know, it took me four years, of course, to actually take that idea to fruition. So last year 
I just put it out there. It was kind of on a on a hope and a prayer, and um, got uh, nine people together, and uh, it was a ton of fun. So I decided to turn it into an annual thing. So the concept is flexible health. Um, you know, it's it's I would say health centric, but you know we have some fun in there too, right? I mean, we're not just drinking kale shakes all day and then you know <laughs> having a fitness class and then meditating for seven hours like you know we we, we let loose a little bit it's um it's just a great group of people and and basically it's kind of just an excuse to get a bunch of awesome people together in in paradise and and have fun for a week in a fitness uh, centered environment so yeah so second year round so i'm looking to to do more of them now too and um yeah i, I really like the concept of it and it, it seemed to resonate with people. So, um, yeah, no, it was super fun. It, even in my experience, I was saying I just went down there for Ben House's um, flow retreat for like two weeks. But, like, you don't yeah. realize how crazy it is here until you're sitting in the middle of the jungle and, like, mm. how much stuff's going on. Like, not that I'm super stressed out here, but, like, you, yeah. you don't realize that we're in, like, a different world over here oh for sure yeah absolutely yeah we were sort of the more the beach side and i'd love to explore more of the uh jungle side of costa rica next time i go but yeah i, I totally agree different yeah. different pace i'm gonna hijack this one because i like i was gonna zero in on the solopreneur thing <laughs> you know, yes. in, a, in a totally different direction mentally this is not something we even prepared as part of this but right it always gets me thinking about something martin rudy said and, and i've been following martin for a really long time and i actually had a really cool co- opportunity to sit down and have dinner with him a year and a half ago in a group setting but and chat with him so mm. he you know how we get uh, all these fitness professionals will this will resonate you own your own business and we hear about all the sort of stuff and i it, it's almost worse with the mlm crowd because like mm. all their business owners and won't go shoot that down too much yeah but if it's just you you mm-hmm. own a job and this is something yeah. martin said you yeah. own a job you can't really with what we do go mm-hmm. and fuck off for three or four weeks yeah and exactly. your business is still working for you You've got people who are running taking care yeah. of your clients all that stuff you are your business so quite Absolutely. frankly you own a job and i think it's something yeah. that's really important and, and i don't mind saying hey the small business owner hey it's just me like yeah. cool but i don't wave that around like a flag like i'm something I'm yeah. not. oh totally agree yeah and no <laughs> Yeah. And it's also really important for fitness professionals to really understand, and, and our clients, anyone who's, who's working with us, to understand mm-hmm. that we're, we're a one-man show, and that is that is it. And if we get sick or something mm-hmm. happens, then we are yeah. all that's bringing but, in that income. So yeah, it's better better. fitness professionals thinking about you know, growing and, and building like, other means of income outside yes. of that, which is a really smart thing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think I hope that the, kind of the clients and the consumers also sort of look at that, too. Mm-hmm. And we could take this in another direction. There's always the memes about like, oh, you got a friend who's starting a business. Meanwhile, you'll go buy something from uh, whatever Beyonce is selling. Yeah. It is worth thinking about taking a look at the people in your world who are working really hard mm-hmm. and just starting out. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're obligated to go and buy anything from them. But just take yeah. a look at what they're doing, because there's a lot of really cool sure. people around you. Uh, personally, who you could be giving business to. And I don't mm-hmm. go ask for favors from my friends to do shit for me. I pay yeah. full value what? for their services sure. because yeah. I understand that too. So, do what, you What's this rant for? for? Like, what are you ranting about? That, that wasn't a rant. <laughs> <laughs> I like the solopreneur. But I don't even... <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it till now. I dirty saying it, but there, uh, yeah, I think it brings up a point too. There's a, there's a lot of misconceptions about sort of owning your own business. And, yeah. um, and that's the thing. I think there, we, yeah, I, 
I don't know. And, and I think there's this sort of fetish of working long hours and the grind and this and that. And I think, yeah, like, yeah, first of all, I think people don't fully appreciate, you know, how much work can go into it sometimes. Um, but I think there's this, you sort of wear as a badge of honor of being busy and, you know, always, I don't know. And I, like, first of all, there's nothing at all wrong with working, you know, regular hours. And that's, you know, I think that's one of the misconceptions. Everybody's like, you know, they lionize this entrepreneur life, whereas they, they kind of, you know, disregard this nine to five thing. And I mean, I'm like, that, that's awesome. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with the steady work and things like that. And, but there's a lot of misconceptions. Oh, you're your own boss. I'm like, well, not really. I mean, I am to an extent, but our clients are our bosses, yeah. quote unquote, right? So it's not like we're not, you know, I'm, you ain't working <laughs> you know, like the day. You can't just like, yeah, you know, I don't go to Costa Rica every month, right? Just because, and <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So uh, I can a lot go of stuff. Whole, whole lot of different directions, but. A lot of this stuff is born of like that Gary Vaynerchuk grind porn. Yes, what you were oh, for to. sure. Yeah, grind porn. That's, I think yeah. there's sort of a bit of a pushback against that stuff now. It's we over. Yes. Work, work life balance before on the podcast. Yeah. So with Tinharski, uh, we had him chatting about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. That shit doesn't exist in our world. Let's be honest. <laughs> with fitness professionals, we are not good at that. But no. uh, at the same time, when you're doing what most of us are doing, we like it. It's really just life anyway. It's really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So I think work-life balance is important for people who need to step away from their jobs. Let's say a, a doctor, they come home, whatever. Like you, you sh- I'm hoping you're not bringing that shit home to your family. Yeah. Right? But uh, this stuff pervades our entire lives. Yeah. No, that, that is very true. It, I think the grind thing so, is over now. Like it has to be. Like I haven't seen mm-hmm. Gary's videos forever. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck's he doing? Does yeah. anyone know? Like he's obviously I I, rich. I purposely not listen to him anymore, but like I don't know. It's just he, he's there's some you know some people maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it, but the, they just invoke this irritation in you, and you don't know why. And Gary V's kind of become one of those things for me, where it's just like <laughs> I, I want to like pull the rest of my hair out when I hear him talk. I just I don't know. It's, <laughs> and it's not that he he has great things to say. I think he's he's not. I don't think he's incorrect in anything he's saying. It's just the the whole like yeah, the, the grind. It plays into the the hustle and grind porn, right? Like just saying. like anything that any of us are doing or any any of us are following, his mm. message will resonate with the people that are drawn to him and the people that yeah. don't like his message will tune him out. Uh, he's mm. very much still a thing and, and he's relevant. He's just oh, yeah. more more part of the either or a little less shocking. It's like you know the first year or two of Howard Stern being famous yes. and then versus Howard Stern now or. Remember yeah. when The Simpsons was on TV, like the first few, holy shit. Now, Simpsons is such banal, yeah. like, like really, really low level offense. Like, there's nothing offensive yeah. about it. Right. Uh, with with South true. Park and then the family guy, I mean, mm-hmm. now Archer. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then again, Apu's character is racist. <laughs> we won't go too far down that hole. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think that The Simpsons is pretty much a collection of racist characters uh, that everybody thinks are really funny and no one's offended by. Yeah, that's funny. All right, so let's Apu is racist. He's like, a, <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, I, I didn't even think about that. Anyway, it's so groundskeeper like, uh, yeah, but no, uh, yes, he is. That's you. Let's go into another. I'm Irish now, Scottish. Let's go into another thing that actually tends to whip people up and get them pretty offended, depending on who it is. And uh, there's some really strong, I'd say, correlations run with the belief in alternative medicine and with consuming natural foods, that kind of thinking. So 
what's behind the tendency for the same people who won't vaccinate their kids <laughs> uh, to be the people who will only eat organic food and, and hold those kind of nutritional ideas? Yeah, so I think it comes down to, and I'm not like, I don't know enough about the, the hard science of, of, you know, genetically modified organisms. I just know sort of a basic knowledge level enough to kind of be able to um, explain some of this to more of a layman's person. But I think to, to your question, it comes down to what I do know is, is logical fallacies. Uh, I've sort of studied that area of, of, of scientific method and thinking a little bit more extensively. And I think this comes down to what they call the, the naturalist fallacy, the naturalistic fallacy, right? We think that something that comes from nature is always better. Um, and there's a tendency to just shun anything that isn't quote unquote natural. Um, and I think, yeah, the, those types of people, you think of them like clusters of grapes almost, right? So if you think of a cluster of grapes, the grapes are all slightly different, but the, the ones in the clusters are pretty much the same. So you do get that crossover. If somebody tends to be anti-vax, they tend to be very anti-GMO. They tend to be very, uh, again, at following that naturalistic sort of, uh, principles and guidelines to, to life. Um, they tend to be in mom's groups on Facebook and, and it's not just women. That's what I... I want to make that abundantly clear. It's it's equally uh, men and women that become, um, I guess, drawn into this type of mentality. Um, so yeah, they tend to have what I guess scientists call it like a conspiratorial ideation, right? So they believe, you know, they're anti-government. They're they tend to 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 think everything is a conspiracy that doesn't align with their beliefs. And um, yeah, it, with that comes a lot of a whole list of other logical fallacies when they're trying to promote what they believe in. Yeah, I think it all is just very kind of almost first world elitist in a way, right? Because I think we're in a bubble in a lot of ways. And and if you do have to worry about, you know, so quote unquote dangers of vaccines or non-GMO food or conventional produce, you live a very good life. Yeah, that's actually... You know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're in a good place. That's true. If, you, <laughs> if this is something that you concern yourself with, right? That's true. <laughs> It goes like some of the, the conspiracy theory stuff that gets a little further down the rabbit holes, like the flat earth type stuff. Yeah. That's some yeah. pretty crazy shit. But, yeah. Did you see that documentary? That? Side note. No. It's on Netflix. Like go watch it. It's actually not bad. Like it's cause it's not about, it's from like someone who's not a flat earther. It's so well done. I couldn't believe what it actually was. Like I didn't even know flat earth was that. I thought it was just the earth is flat. Like it's a fucking whole thing. Like, there's, like a picture show and a globe of glass. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, now, I've, you should watch I've it. tended to avoid trying to have conversations on social media anymore, like arguments. Like, I stay the fuck away from that stuff. Yeah. With, especially with people who have very strong conspiratorial uh, mm -hmm. thinking, because mm -hmm. these things tend to run in clusters, like you said. But occasionally you bang up against this sort of thing. And, you know, Mike, mm. I want to see what you had to think about this. Mm. When, I, when I'm discussing, I tend to actually very deliberately speak to the audience with it yes, yeah. versus trying to, and I'll even say to someone, I'm not even remotely interested in changing your mind. You, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that no one else is going to fall for your garbage. Yes. And uh, so how do you approach that? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I wish I had your patience and resolve with it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you take a couple of deep breaths before you go keyboard commando. But um, I think, yeah, it's like you said, you touched on something important. You're not, you're never going to change the minds of those that are just off that deep end, right? Um, but I'm aiming for the middle ground with this. And I think we, we almost have a responsibility as, as, as uh, evidence-based fitness professionals or health promoters to 
to combat that in some way. And I think you're speaking to a more middle ground here. The ones that, and if you can convince people that haven't quite made up their minds, the ones on the fence, they're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And then approach it, you know, meet them where they are in that, in that sort of sense and just try to answer questions and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, and just kind of the, the, the other side is just not going to listen to anything you have to say. It's kind of like, you know, what they call a backfire effect, right? I mean, the more you try to present them with evidence, the more they're actually going to, you know, cower and, and sort of go back into their ideals and ideologies. Well, and they almost like, this was actually in the Flat Earth documentary, like people will say, well, Earth isn't flat, what about this theory or whatever? And then they will loop around mm -hmm. to like something like, well, did you see 9-11? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And then they'll use yeah. another thing to prove that their thing is real. And you're like, there's no argument. Or th there's not even a conversation because it's just insane. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You can't, you, you're not even, like, I remember seeing this meme once. It's like, it would take, like, an entire university-type degree to, 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 to just give you the basic knowledge so we can kind of <laughs> even have a playing field, a level yeah. playing field to... Uh, to talk about this and not, not that it's about, you know, formal education, but it's just about having that uh, objectivity, I guess, in a sense. And um, yeah, just being able to sort of see things from the other side. And I've, I've learned that as well. Like I'm not free of bias either. So I've had to check my own biases when it comes to certain things and I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly by no means a paragon of, of objectivity and always, you know what I mean? So I've had to sort of rethink a couple of things as well and just, you know, and I think it comes down to openness to seeing the other side sometimes. And um, yeah, no, but uh, I think when it comes to just, I, I think we're doing a disservice by remaining silent on a lot of these things. Um, and, and, you know, like Andrew said, there's a way to go about it. That's more effective than others. And I'm, I'm learning better ways to well, communicate and draw a bigger circle, I guess. In terms of better information, then like, let's go here. Um, what are some major myths behind, I guess, eating natural food organic mm -hmm. foods and non-GMO foods, like in your experience and with your knowledge? Right. Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's, it, it's safer, healthier, um, and more sustainable. And those three factors have been debunked. Um, so I think, again, it comes down to this naturalistic fallacy. I mean, I think, you know, the word chemical pesticide, um, those, those conjure up images of just poisons and you know, and, and they, they use that with the anti-vaccine arguments too. Oh my gosh, you're injecting poisons or we're spraying poisons or we're exposing ourselves to poisons. And I think, um, you know, there, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to that. Like, for example, like that organic food is free of pesticides. It is not. Um, and, and anything that's tampered with too, like, so in the case of uh, GMOs, I mean, they're, oh my gosh, you're, you're messing with nature. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're playing God, this and that. Um, so people can't see beyond that. They think if anything has been altered in any way, shape or form, it's, it's automatically bad. It's automatically evil. Um, even if it does feed like a bunch of people in Africa, you know, like genetically modified, uh, rice to give it beta carotene to, to give, um, deficient people enough vitamin A, um, you know, it doesn't matter to them. It, it doesn't. And again, that comes back to the first world elitism. Like we've got abundance. We live in places where we, we have a lot and we can stress about things that aren't needed to be stressed about. Yeah. Andrew, you, I had a thought. I had a thought. I was like, you had something there. <laughs> um, fuck. I'm just thinking about 
yeah, the organic food, the GMO stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I have to add to that. <laughs> uh, oh, I know what the fuck I was going to say. Jesus. Like, a yeah. lot of the food that we have today has been modified, has been fucked yeah. for a very, very long time. Exactly. Uh, bananas yeah. and corn mm-hmm. and God only knows what other mm-hmm. sort of things. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been messed with. What is it? Uh, was that monk Gregor Mendel was cross pollinating stuff and, and right. manipulating stuff for a long time? Uh, yes. Wheat in its current form has been crossbred and is very, very right. different from the stuff that uh, mm-hmm. existed in nature. So a lot of the foodstuffs that we have has mm-hmm. been played with and manipulated yes. by humans. I mean, even your dog is a genetically mm. modified <laughs> thing from a wolf. Yeah, and, and, and of course, the people who won't buy this stuff won't believe these kind of arguments. But mm-hmm. we've been tinkering with shit a long time, and, and maybe in the case of like, uh, hopefully, Sohi doesn't uh, hear this and get offended by it. But like a pug, like you know, he's got these cute little like <laughs> tiny dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be like, like, these poor little pugs are definitely like these these twisted little versions of wolves. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even exist. <laughs> uh, there are actually a lot of dog breeds. Uh, I think uh, fuck French bulldogs are cute dogs, but you know they yeah, have yeah. Like, a ton of health problems. American so, bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. They can so even those clean are themselves. cases where we are perfectly accepting of some stuff that we we mm. mess with nature and we've got these Franken little little yeah. Franken animals going around here. So there is some questions there, but I don't think anybody's gonna say, Oh, we should we should get rid of all French bulldogs or pugs as a result. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but we we have been tinkering with this shit for a really, really long mm-hmm. time. And now doing it again, like you said, with the beta carotene and the rice, that's gonna benefit a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned sustainability, uh, genetically modified food. A lot more of it can be grown yes. on less land, much, much greater yields. Yes. So, you know, we're talking about uh, the, a lot of this stuff. And again, another conspiratorial sort of thing about climate change. Well, mm-hmm. one of the best ways to feed more people by using less land and, and mm-hmm. agricultural land, land used for um, uh cattle for example yes. that stuff is actually a very very big thing that negatively contributes mm. to uh their climate change right so if we can continue to, to tinker with it and improve yield crop yield we use less mm. land mm. then we have some of these these less negative effects but people have this idea that like you said organic food and non-gmo food can feed the world better that's absolutely mm. false yes uh, yeah for sure yeah and i think it's yeah the, the, in the general, so I think from our perspective, the, the umbrella concept here is just like, it's the wrong focus, right? I mean, focus on eating more, more vegetables. Don't worry whether they're conventionally grown or, you know, non-GMO or whatever, just get more exercise. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the bigger picture stuff. And I think when, when we, we argue about the minutia here, it, it takes away from the big picture. And, you know, that's the problem is with in this information age, there's a small but very, very noisy vocal minority um, that are opposed to all these different things. And because of that, they, they sort of they, they have a big platform and, and information like this misinformation can pr- proliferate and, and go viral very quickly. Another. Sorry, um, I forgot my mic there. Another thing that's actually really important too, and people do hold this misconception that you can eat organic food and lose weight. There's no mm. relationship there whatsoever. No. I mean, no. I would think that someone who is obsessed with consuming only organic food yes. is likely someone who is going to be consuming more fruit, more vegetables, and probably yeah. a better diet overall. That's yeah. probably true. Absolutely. It, it I mean, yeah. help. But there's nothing about organic food versus inorganic food that's going to help you lose weight when you no. compare them one to one. No, or, again, GMO stuff. 
There's just sure. no relationship. That stuff is mm-hmm. calories at its heart. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that contribute to, you know, higher versus lower calorie diets that go beyond. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't measuring, tracking their macros. But yeah, sure. like if, if you're someone who's peddling around this idea that organic food, you got to eat organic food to lose weight. I mean, fucking Christ, you're completely up to lunch yeah. on that one. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So that goes back to the big picture thing of just, yeah, no, making sure you're you're eating healthfully and, it, you know, not not worrying about whether it's, you know, organic or not. But that's not viral. Because that's not going to make a difference. But that's not viral. No one wants to hear that shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, why, are you, why are you sure, slinging yeah. your bullshit around here, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this really ties in well with one of the things. You wrote a really great post. It was kind of yeah. longer a, a little while back. And it, it basically said, I'll, just a super quick summary, it, it's about being positive versus having a net positive effect and i can relate to this one too because every once in a while i'll say something that when people will kind of get at me a little bit for being negative they don't like it when i rock the boat about some of the bad behavior the shitty integrity that we do see our industry sometimes or if i'm making fun of playfully making fun of shit that i see in commercial gyms which i try to be lighthearted about so in the end the goal is to have a net positive effect, but do you want to elaborate more on kind of where this came from and what you meant by it? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been ruminating on that for a while. And then somebody uh, posted something that, and it just kind of reintroduced the idea on the idea of um, toxic positivity, right? We hear a lot about toxic negativity, but um, there is a such thing as toxic positivity. So we'll get back to that in a second, but yeah, in terms of a net positive effect, I think, um, you know, as, as fitness professionals, as fitness professionals that have voices now for it via platforms as social media and whatnot, um, there tends to be this, this kind of idea that we need to keep things positive all the time and, you know, approach things positively and, and just never be negative and that sort of thing. And I think there's a balance is what I'm saying, um, to both. And I, I think, yeah, as fitness professionals that are fairly responsible and evidence-based, we, we do have almost a responsibility to call things out. Now, there is a better way to call things out, and I'm still learning that <laughs> better way. Um, I fully admit to not being, um, you know, the best role model always when it comes to that sort of thing. Sometimes I'll just be in a mood and I'll just, you know, punch something out there, press send, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I was a bit of a jerk. Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think... Uh, but for me, though, I, I I take what I do seriously. I take the, I don't take the industry seriously all the time. And and when I say that, I care about it. I care about the people. I care about uh, providing good information. I I also I, I I joke about it. You know, I I like to be jovial about it. I like to kind of just poke fun at different aspects of it. And you know, because our industry just just it begs to be made fun of sometimes. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's, it's lighthearted. Like I'm not meant to, it's not meant to be mean spirited and I'm not sort of, you know, I'm not dropping ad hominems on, on specific people. I have, you know, called some individuals out on certain circumstances, but again, I think it's good to, to shoot down bad messages sometimes. And, and I think we, we are in an industry where there's a lot of fads and some of this can border on, on on danger dangerous right um in terms of more extreme fads um you know like that your 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 neighbor there with the snake <laughs> the snake the, the snake, snake guy, guy yeah <laughs> well, he's, he's fair game now you, you can, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. Him up pretty good 
yeah, yeah. But um, no, so this whole idea of, of keeping things positive, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think if your ultimate message is contributing a net positive effect, that is more important than just being positive all the time. And um, I think this this stretches into all aspects of things too. And, you know, in life and somebody will say, Oh, just keep a positive attitude. It's okay to, to feel not good about something, you know, as long as we're not letting it ruminate. But, um, and, and I, I, I think, I think there's a balance too. I mean, you want to counter, you want to have a, a good balance of, of levity, but also gravity, right? Because if we're, if we're positive, 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 positive all the time, sometimes we can start, it allows for a little bit of um, sometimes, I don't know what the word might be, but complacency or it allows for a little bit of, yeah, it, it's not conducive to getting consistent results too, because you have to have some form of reality, right? So there's this, this point between, you know, hyper optimism, hyper negativity, and we have to find a balance there. I think um, one of the researchers did that. It's good to have like one not so positive thought for every three or so positive thoughts. I think he calls it the Lesota line or it's a, he's a Brazilian um, psychologist, I think. And yeah, but anyway, his, his, his thing is like, yeah, you don't have to be positive all the time. In fact, it's detrimental to be positive all the time. And um, Gabriel Oettingen uh, has the same type of research where, you know, um, thinking, dreaming too much or thinking about the outcome too much and in too much of a positive light, takes away from the process that's actually needed to get there. Well, I, I hope think some of that made sense. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell I was reading recently, but it's that idea of like our body and our like central nervous system and even our brains taking in all these things and to like mm-hmm. replace an actual bad thought or a threatening thought with something positive because that's what society wants. You're almost subduing your natural nature right. to have those, yeah. those thoughts and then it won't direct you oh, where you yeah. want to go. So it's almost unnatural in some cases to replace it. Um, Agree. Yeah, be overly absolutely. positive because then you don't get the yeah. outcome you want and it's probably not a safe outcome because you're trying to lead yourself towards success and you shouldn't ignore there's that a, there's a couple things that go on in here that are worth pointing out too is uh most people i think the research on like negative thoughts versus positive are overwhelmingly negative about ourselves mm-hmm. so i think there's something to be said for being very very conscientious about that internal monologue, that negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, just, and, and what I figured out is I spent a lot of time talking about the stuff with clients is that people, and, and some of my clients have admitted this stuff, when they do it to themselves, they feel like they're insulating themselves from criticism from anybody else. Right. And that doesn't yeah. work very well because mm-hmm. ultimately what what's happening is, is you are telling yourself you're not worth it, you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you're a bad person, all this sort of shit. Yeah, and you, yeah. you 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 do believe yourself, and therefore mm-hmm. that tends to paralyze people into these negative patterns oh, and behavioral yeah. loops. Mm-hmm. So be, I would say be on guard against that. I don't know. We all know those sickly, annoyingly positive, fucking cheery people you want to <laughs> kind of punch in the face all the time. <laughs> Uh, I think some of that stuff, especially now with social media on an Instagram mm-hmm. story, some of that stuff's really contrived. I think you can smell yes. that bullshit too. So I hope most people can see through that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, fuck, I'm losing trains of thoughts all over the place today. Uh, yeah, I guess that was probably the one yeah. I wanted to hit on. No, and I think so. you bring up a very, very good point there. And yeah, I can go on a fairly long tangent about it. But I think, yeah, no, most of us do have a, a negative disposition. And I think countering it but the countering it in the right way like you know just sort of we're looking for a little bit more internalization i guess in you know when it comes to sort of something to the effect of a, a negative mindset or negative predisposition predisposition to mindset um yeah no for sure that has to be changed so it's about um 
I think it does come down to self-forgiveness a lot of the time, right? It's like, okay, you're going to have those feelings. Don't try to crush them, but figure out, okay, why? And is there a different um, way I can think about this, right? And I think when we eternalize more, you know, it's that ACT therapy, right? It's kind of third wave psychology. Instead of trying to crush negative feelings and not feeling them, I mean, we're accepting and committing to changing them, right? And just, or... How can we think about that in a different way? But you're right. I think there is this hyper positivity on social media with, you know, the memes and, and just, yeah, like positive vibes only culture. Uh, toxic where, positivity. Yeah. Like toxic you said. positivity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then so. I remember what I was going to say too is, and Dean alludes to this, it's about living in this fantasy land where you're imagining all this sort of success. There's a fine line between mm. visualizing and working yes. towards something. But there's some pretty good research on this, as I understand it, when people fantasize and imagine life the way that they dream of all this sort of stuff. It actually has a negative effect towards taking these steps to getting there. You're kind of it has to do with dopamine and the brain and how the brain functions. This is pretty complex stuff where if you're kind of living it in your mind and you're experiencing Mm. that as a positive thing. Yeah, it it becomes that reality very, very temporarily. And then you it does blunt your efforts to make it become an actual reality. So there's some solid science yeah. behind this stuff. 100%. And there is a lot of science. A lot of that is Gabriela Odenjin. Uh, I can't remember the name of her book, but yeah, she, she touches on it very extensively. And so does um, Eric Barker in his book, uh, Barking Up the Wrong Tree. So if I can just expand on that a little bit, because you mentioned dopamine um, and, and that's why it, it, it is because, A, our, our brain doesn't do a very good job of telling fantasy from reality. So when we think about a goal in those huge terms and those dreams, in a way, our brain thinks we've already achieved it. So we take our foot off the proverbial gas pedal of action. Um, and when it comes to dopamine, um, dopamine, I mean, it's known as the feel-good or, or neurotransmitter, I guess it is. But really, dopamine is an anticipatory uh, neurotransmitter. So it, it, it anticipates pleasure. Um, so to use your example, if we're thinking of dr- big dreams, so let me just give you an example. If we are expecting it, yeah, and it thinks of, it, it thinks of rewards in terms of relative, not absolutes. So for example, if we are trying to achieve a, a goal and we are expecting a smaller medium reward for it and we get a medium reward, dopamine's released. If we're expecting either a medium or a large reward, we still get the medium reward, no dopamine, right? Because, you know, that larger reward is still on the table. So, um, and that's, you know, the big picture in terms of boiling this down to something that's more actionable is taking smaller steps, setting smaller process goals, right? Instead of dreaming about things and, and, you know, the traditional model of goal setting. Which does do a, like a, I think that that's where a lot of people have successes in a lot of these diets and habits is and I think that's all the habit books essentially is like you start small and you build upon it and that, mm-hmm. would, that would essentially explain that why that works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Like you just wrapped up pretty much like four books. Take <laughs> <laughs> smaller steps. <laughs> If you want to take that a little further, I mean, this is one of the reasons why like Mike and I are pretty well known for being rabid consumers of this kind of literature. And there's a reason for it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not as easy, like critics, critics of people who read a lot of books will say, oh, well, are you really absorbing all that sort of stuff? 
And I try to turn that around a bit. And I say, you know what? Most of the books I've ever read, I can't recite verbatim what they go, what happens chapter by chapter. Oh, yeah. But this stuff does, yeah. it gets into your consciousness and you can pull mm-hmm. it out just as, you know, we have in this conversation mm-hmm. and apply it. And sometimes I can't even remember which books that I've read that are about these particular topics. Yes. So uh, there's certain things that are yeah. very, very clear. Okay, if you want to read about... Um, you know, concentrating uninterrupted work. You go read Calvin Newport's book, yes. Deep Work, right? Because I just yeah. saw you posted about digital minimalism. Yeah. I know yeah. Dean loved it, and, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, but good Deep too, Work yeah. is really the is, is, is the is big piece of work that he did. Yeah. So, and, and I still think that trying to consume a lot of this stuff is a really good idea. After a while, the umpteenth book on habits is, yeah. is probably getting a little bit old. But if you don't, if you go and read The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and then mm-hmm. uh, Atomic Habits is a really good, um, more pop accessible yeah. version of the St. James Affairs yeah. book, you're probably yeah. really well covered. You can move on as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. And I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. I've got my brain is like a sieve. I probably absorb maybe 1%. And it takes for me a lot of these books to reinforce those different ideas for me to say, oh, yeah. And for, like to be able to kind of recite this on a podcast or at a presentation or on a blog post. Yeah, it does take a lot of reps for me to do this. And I'm a consumer of audiobooks too. So it's kind of like one of those things I have to read them sometimes two or three times. And it's like, I was a horrible student. I think partly because of that, my retention is just not very good. My brain's all over the place. I'm, I have a hard time focusing. But yeah, no, I, um, I that's cool. And I, I get a lot of book recommendations from you. And just to be very clear, Andrew reads probably about 10 times more books than I do. Um, so I, I don't put myself in that same echelon as you. But um, yeah, no, I, I know we read a lot of the same stuff. I, a lot of, I get a lot of great recommendations from you. Um, so no, it's it's good. I mean, and that's kind of one of those things that I just, I don't know, I committed to, uh, you know, listening every time I'm in a car. And that's just, again, one of those things that saves time. And it, I guess for me, helps me sort of, quote unquote, read more books. You're in, you know, you're in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. like greater or like, uh, the surrounding area of Vancouver. How much time yeah, do you right spend in a car? Yeah, you know what? You're not in the cars that much. No, are you? It's, I'm not in, in like my commute's very short because I'm not far from work. But um, my my kids live out in a, a in a city kind of 40 minutes away. So you know, I go to pick them up on on Friday night and then drive them back and then you know I'll go out and watch their karate practice. So I do spend more time in a car than one might think. Um, so yeah, I. There is, there are opportunities and it's cumulative, right? So even if I'm driving like seven minutes here, you know, five minutes here, 15 minutes over the course of the day, that probably equates to like, you know, reading 20 pages or 25 pages of a book. It really adds up and that speaks to another Mm -hmm. thing that I think is worth touching on too is it's making time for this stuff. Um, I've read a couple of, I hope I'm saying her name right, Laura, Laura Vanderkamp's book. Yes, Laura Vanderkamp, yeah. Fuck, she's incredible. So I think it's 168 awesome. hours is one of them. Yeah. Um, I know there was another one I recently I, I read, but if anyone's interested in actually squeezing out more of your day and getting more shit done, or you feel like you can't find time for things like reading or you know, quality time with your kids or whatever, uh, these books are really good because, well, she talks about like actually doing an analysis of your schedule and what yes. you're doing with all your time. Yep. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to fucking do that. But mm-hmm. it really does show you where you can create even like 15 minutes Think about when when you've got 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I try to do is if I show up, uh, end up at the gym, and Mm -hmm. I'm there, and and it's not like I can create any positive social interactions, maybe in a little block, just don't want to around to interact with. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have my tablet just before I'm training a client, and 
I've been reading through uh, Fat Loss Forever, Lane Norton and Peter Baker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I'm, shit, I'm, I'm probably a third of the way through that thing. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. big book. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it just in <clears throat> two to three, four page blocks as I sit mm-hmm. down. Oh, one of my clients texts me, he's going to be 10 minutes late. Cool. I sit down, I'll, yeah. flip, I'll get three or four pages done in that. Mm-hmm. And that is creating my ability to get through a, an otherwise pretty big book that uh, I just kind of feel like I don't want to sit down and devote an hour here, hour there if I want to get yeah. some writing done, which I feel like I need mm. more time to do. But you could actually carve out time, pause little chunks to get a, a surprising amount of crap done, even yeah. in 15 minute increments. And then you also become aware of just how much goddamn time you spend scrolling on social media. Oh my gosh. Which, which, which yeah. I think we're already bad for. I'm getting a lot better. Yeah. That was digital um, minimalism. Um, yeah, yeah digital is, minimalism. Yeah. And you got yeah, anything out of that? resonated with being digital yeah. minimalism. Yeah, for and sure. And that was one of the things we were talking about. Like, things don't click till you kind of read it. Like, the book didn't tell me anything new, but it like painted a different yeah. picture where I was like, fuck, Facebook fucking got us all. Absolutely. And, and, no, it's so true. And, and that's where, yeah, exactly. It definitely caused me to reevaluate my own. And then I did this at the beginning of the year, too. And I think, so you said, Andrew, I mean, like, it's like Laura Vanderkam says, and it's just about, okay, how do we create more time? How do we, you know what I mean? And and, and one of those things for me was, okay, so I, I put a, an app on my phone that tells me when I've been on social media too long, you know what I mean? I get alerts, right? So it's an awareness tool, just as like, calorie tracking might be or or something like that or or your step count your fitbit or what have you and i think it's just an awareness and yeah no absolutely and just seeing you know spending more time away from it spending more time in physical books and in the real world and i think yeah a digital minimalism one of the key points is that this concept of uh, the deprivation of solitude um so we've lost our ability to have solitude right to be with our own thoughts and and technology has really really kind of um uh hampered our ability to do this in, in a lot of ways so it's fascinating we can that was a big one that that actually made me change my mind about things so i was like i listen to music and i read books yeah. and stuff and i'm by myself and it's like no like that's the opposite like you're listening to other people's thoughts other people's music mm-hmm. and so like solitude was actually like basically mm-hmm. writing or just sitting and thinking or meditating yeah. and like i was like oh shit like and i didn't even think about it in those terms and that's how our world has changed where like that mm-hmm. to, to everyone is normal everyone has their headphones in all the time and then i'm just like looking mm-hmm. at the bigger picture i'm like holy shit he's right even though it's mm-hmm. not a big concept like it's pretty logical but i just didn't think of it sure. in the terms yeah, absolutely. That makes me think, I'll take that a little step further uh, to elaborate on it. Uh, it I, you're right. It's, it's really important to be able to kind of just gear down and relax. There was another book I read recently that actually had to do with this. I wish the fuck I didn't remember what it was. <laughs> but with books like Laura's and this whole like trying to be more productive, you can get into this really dangerous, uh, vicious cycle of trying to pack everything into a day and accomplish more it's really okay and, and we're losing our ability to actually just like you said sit in solitude yeah like relax and maybe just focus on music mm-hmm. or certainly sure. we're get, as a society we're not necessarily that good at sitting in front of you know a friend or you know sitting yeah. other other people and, and put the devices away that's something i'm mm-hmm. very very conscious of when i'm with uh, anyone else mm-hmm. and it is really a lost art to be okay to gear it down, not feel pressure to have to mm-hmm. be accomplishing something or being productive. Yeah. And I Absolutely. really battle with that for a while. I still do. But mm-hmm. uh, so I try to be a bit more efficient yeah, by time because what I was doing was getting stuck in this place where I felt like I needed to be more productive, more productive. But yeah. then let's say I got an hour between clients. 
and mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, chilling out upstairs in the lounge of the gym. And next, you know, I've been scrolling social media for half an hour, and I've right. got nothing done. I can use that half an hour extraordinarily productively. Oh, for sure, yeah. done. And then Absolutely. when I get home, and if I've got two or three hours in the evening after I've done my workout, mm-hmm. then I don't feel pressure to do shit. So yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. This is actually kind of cool. So we're talking about technology and pretty much how it's a shit show. Um, yeah. Are you witnessing any new challenges with nutrition and weight loss clients with with the advent of new technologies? And, and how do you think, how are you managing these new concerns? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I have a, a specific, like when I, my brick and mortar training, um, I actually see a lot of teenagers and I work with a lot of teens, preteens, and specifically ones that are overweight and or um, have special needs. And I think it's a it's an especially big problem for them because tech, technology is very alluring. I mean, for adults and for, for young people. But uh, yeah, and like we just alluded to, I mean, it's a time suck. It, 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 it really kind of robs us of our extra time because we're so drawn to it. So yeah, there's some definitely uh, some challenges there. So I think overcoming that, is I think you almost have to work with technology in a sense. And for people that aren't as drawn towards um, exercise naturally, you know, maybe I remember when Pokemon Go was a popular thing, like three summers ago or whatever it was. Like I was training all these kids during the summer and everybody was kind of like, you know, having a good poke at it and saying how useless it is. And I was like, well, these are kids that normally would have been sitting on the couch playing video games, right? So now, okay, this is a game and, and, and they're out and they're, you know, they're taking all these steps and they're, so I don't think it's an ideal scenario, but I think if you can work with technology in that sense, and like I said, uh, awareness tools like Fitbits or, you know, tracking and, and just um, gamifying your, your, your fitness and, and uh, eating experience a little bit to work with technology. Um, and then, you know, I think having, um, you know, habit stacking or, um, and, and James Clear brings this up in his book as well. And, and I, I recommend it as well too. So if people are, you know, drawn to a certain show or drawn to a, um, you know, a certain, uh, whatever it is that they're watching, whatever it is they're consuming digitally, you know, get on an exercise bike while you watch this particular show, right? So you can combine the two, um, and that you have that association. Okay. If I'm going to watch an episode of this, I'm going to be doing it on, uh, you know, on a treadmill or on a bike or something like that. And you can kind of coax them into action that way by working with technology. Um, yeah. And, and I think just sometimes we have to, you know, think of it as, as a reward rather than default. So, you know, okay, we'll get the work done. Then we're going to kind of, you know, scroll around for a half an hour and, and look at it more in terms of getting to do it after, um, you know, more productive things have been done rather than instead of, or, you know, yeah. So I think, yes, it is a problem and mostly for my youth clients and, but yeah, I think working with it is, is, is sometimes the best uh, solution for that. More and more, I think our society, well, we talk about this all the time is, is really geared towards convenience and not, you know, convenient, high calorie food. There's an abundance of it. It's cheap as hell. It's tasty, easily accessible. And more leisure, like a lot of the conveniences mm. of the modern life, uh, they're just ever, ever more present. And I'm actually working on something, and hopefully I can nail this article really well, but it's the mm. proliferation of food delivery apps. And mm. I think this thing's actually really kind of a, a massive negative with the ease of which we can have food delivered to us. Yes. And uh, it actually is quite expensive. And there are people right. who 
it's become an option for them now that mm -hmm. they're having uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes mm -hmm. certainly multiple times a week, if not multiple times a day. The, mm -hmm. the cost of this stuff is insane. Now, someone might try to argue, well, we've always had uh, pizza delivery. Yeah, mm -hmm. how often are you getting pizza delivered twice a day? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Historically, maybe there was a period of time me and my ex girlfriend we would order a pizza and split it every Sunday. It was a ritual we yeah. watched super supernatural. It was right. the show yeah. like yeah. fifteen fucking seasons of it. So that took a while. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're not really going out and ordering. The other one was Chinese food. So it was like Chinese yeah. food pizza. The only two things you really could get delivered to your door. Now mm -hmm. it's anything. So all yeah. of a sudden, a coffee. You get this yeah, yeah like people, people fucking Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks is already what five fucking dollars <laughs> yeah. of our, our Canadian paper, like Monopoly money. Uh, yeah, which is like all three of us are Canadians, so like yeah. but we've got American listeners, so they I think they know the difference. Yeah, and people are getting fucking Starbucks delivered. I'm, I'm probably throwing in more. Mike's drinking a Starbucks. This? He got delivered, probably. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. He's, got, he's got his Starbucks right there. It's like, fuck you guys. Um, please, please and, and anyone ever <laughs> noticed that? Like, I, I won't even eat any of the food at a Starbucks. Every once in a while, I go in for a black coffee. Right. It's not too bad. Yeah. But you look at all the food, and it looks terrible. But people are eating this stuff. And I think if you're going to get Starbucks delivered, they're probably justifying the expense. But, oh, I'm going to throw in some of these egg bites and whatever other sort yeah, of, like, yeah. these, these styrofoam-looking cookies that they have yeah. on the display there that look terrible. Uh, I, I'm always really disappointed if I need food and coffee. And, yeah. You're uh, right. Like, it's never good. Like, none of this shit Food's never like, good at food. coffee shops. Like, it's not as good as it looks. No. Like, or, can, you can you imagine spending $15 to $20 having a Starbucks coffee and whatever sort of treat delivered to you? Oh. And then this becomes a daily thing. There are going to be people yeah. who have the resources, but this shit's nothing. It's no big deal. They right. literally have that much money. Yeah. Uh, they have fuck you money. But everybody else, yeah. This stuff is actually going to be a really big budgeting concern. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do the totals on what I spend. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's crazy because it used to be 10 years. They called it the latte factor, right? So, oh, my gosh, if you're spending like $3 a day. And now, like, the thing in Vancouver here is, like, smoothies and juices, cold-pressed juices. Yeah. They're like 8 9 bucks a pop. Like, <laughs> the juice. I'm like, oh, my God. And you know they you're making food. at least 6 or $7 on every one of those things, right? It's like... They, I mean, it's a huge, it's a great business model, but can you imagine, like, yeah, every day. And then maybe some people have that delivered, right? <laughs> Extra expense, oh, but like, Vancouver oh is Vancouver is expensive enough to live in. It is. Talk oh, yeah. Tax, tax rates are higher, whatever. So, I mean, that's what the businesses probably have to charge just to, to pay yeah. the rent. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I know, it's crazy. A brick and mortar business in downtown Vancouver. Jesus. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I don't know. I think well, you're right. I can't. I'll actually. That's that'll be a good article because I know exactly how you're going to write it. <laughs> it'll be <laughs> it'll be good. I think because you're right. It is. It is. I would say it is a net negative. Like, and we just ordered because we were moving. So I was ordering. It, it gives you more options, but I think if you're one of those people that more options ends up being you're going to use those options because there's just so much it's a, it goes back to that all yeah. those inputs coming in it is a net negative if you can't hold yourself For back sure. and make better choices like you're gonna you're gonna run wild on that thing like and mm -hmm. i'm sure it happens like it just opened up the floodgates oh absolutely there's another aspect to it as well is the illusion that you're able to get access to healthier food when yeah. people are you know now it's the, the pizza and the chinese food well, no one is under the illusion that that shit is 
good for you because it's high no. calorie stuff. Yeah. Right? No one's gonna be like, well, we're gonna order healthy tonight. Let's get the chicken pizza instead of the yeah. triple meat. <laughs> uh, right. And, and we're gonna get on whole wheat crust instead of white. Yeah. Right. So but now you're getting delivery of shit like booster juice and all these other uh, yeah. faux health foods, this ha- those yes, ha- yeah. health halo stuff. You mentioned there's cold pressed juices. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. No, that <laughs> stuff is not going to help you lose weight. No. Uh, you know, you take all the fiber out of it and you actually lose a lot of the nutritional value. Uh, juicing, that kind of juicing anyway, I, I think is a major uh, bullshit health fad that we're seeing. But yeah, mm-hmm. people are getting all kinds of stuff. Oh, we'll get... Uh, Fuck, I don't know. There's all these. I don't want to shit on chopped leaf because I actually think chopped leaf. I just got chopped leaf. That's what I got. Well, one of my one of my clients owns a a chopped leaf franchise here in the Edmonton area. Up in I got to shout him out. uh, Up in Manning. So if you're up there, go say hi. His name's Dane. Dane's awesome, and I want to see him do really really well. He's so far far away from me and the other end of the city that I've only been able to get there a couple times. Just get delivered. You can get this stuff delivered. And, and one of the dangers with, with all this stuff that has this health halo is mm-hmm. you can then get into this habit of, all right, I'm going to get healthy food delivered. But the calorie intake on this stuff still can be really high. Booster juice is a great example. These bloody things are loaded with sugar. They're, they're calorie bombs. Mm, but it's, ooh, yeah. it's a smoothie. It's good for you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that can add up. And if someone is starting to log, mentally log these higher calorie uh, treat eating out foods as healthy stuff, yeah. And then they turn around and they're eating convenient, un- unhealthy, high-calorie mm. stuff in the home. You're just magnifying the amount of calories yeah. you're taking. So, Absolutely. Uh, I think it, it we have to rewire, totally rewire the way that we think about mm. um, maintaining our health and our, our, our long-term quality of life yeah. in that exercise, physical exercise and rational food decisions have to become conscientious choices. After sure, yeah. a, a hundred years ago, it has to be hard. necessarily problems. Because a yeah. lot of work required phys- enough physical effort and you didn't mm-hmm. have the abundance of the kind of food that really enabled most everyday people to even get fat. We know that obesity yeah. sure. as a societal problem is a very, very recent generational thing. It, didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't a pervasive issue 100 years ago. No. We've got to change some serious societal attitudes. I don't know sure. near, yeah. you know, quote, fat acceptance and the, and the inherent dangers with some of that stuff. Right. But... As at very at some point or other, we have to confront the data of how mm-hmm. problematic it is to have a society yeah. that is, uh, you know, literally tipping the scales to the degree that it is. Mm-hmm. So that, well, that goes back to well, that goes back to Mike's message at the beginning was like the answer is actually <laughs> exercise, be awake to what you're eating, eat higher quality food, and mm-hmm. like sleep. And don't give in to Uber Eats. But, like, that's that's the answer. It's just, like, that's not sexy. And that also doesn't make right. any money for anyone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> except, yeah, for, except for nutrition coaches. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of making money and this sort of stuff, oh, yeah. uh, you did write something somewhere that I saw. It was about sneaky advertising and misleading nutritional info on packages. So what do you want to make people aware of when it comes to that stuff? Yeah, well, I think um, going back to what we uh, were, f- were first talking about, I think they a lot of companies now play on the um, anti-GMO um, thing, and and I think that that's become sort of a marketing term now and a marketing gimmick, largely. So you know, there's there's the organic thing, there's a non-GMO thing, and then you know, remember when cholesterol was the big scare before you know 
our, our low carb diet said it was no big deal. Um, you know, we did things on packages that said, you know, no cholesterol, you know, things that weren't animal product to begin with, which wouldn't have cholesterol in the first place, but we're going to say there's no cholesterol in it anyway. <laughs> Non-GMO um, salt, organic Yeah, that's salt. right. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, I think that's a, that's a big one. I think first of all, if they have, they have to splash claims on it, it's probably, you should probably be automatically skeptical. Um, I'm not one of these people that, Oh, anything in a box or a can isn't good for you. But, um, yeah, if they're making outrageous claims like that, splashy, splashy claims, um, just, you know, just basic learning how to read the label. First of all, what is the serving size? How many calories are in that serving size? Okay. You know, what's, what's the protein content? What's the, what's the, um, you know, how much sugar is in it? How much, um, you know, you can look at fiber too, if you want, depending on what you're looking at and like what looking for, I, I, and again, it's awareness tool. Um, I don't recommend obsessing about ingredients, uh, that sort of thing, but yeah, I mean, for example, I was in the grocery store the other day and you know, I was craving pasta. It's like, okay, well, you know, I like the, I prefer the taste of the white pasta, but let's see what they've got here. They have some that are a little higher in protein. So I'll check the protein and fiber content and, you know, I'll, I'll try that out. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do recommend just trying to, and it, yeah, like I said, it's become a marketing gimmick. So, um, A&W, Chipotle, they've gone, I think, GMO free and, uh, you know, A&W went with sort of both the grass fed beef and there's, uh, you know, that, um, the meat substitute one, what's it called? Uh, oh. you know, the, 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 uh, vegan burger. Yeah. So they, they, they've sort of ridden that, uh, that wave of, of health halo a little bit, um, you know, cause you know, the grass fed thing is very popular and, and, oh my gosh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the meat alternative. Anyway, it's just, I gotta look it's it gotten up. huge publicity. I, I tried it once I bought it at a local food, uh, not, <laughs> not my thing and expensive too. It was like $9 for two patties to buy at a grocery store. I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, might as well get Uber eats and get a Starbucks with, uh, you know, a bacon gouda sandwich <laughs> but oh, yeah no um but i think those are the normal uh those are some of the more common things to watch for is is the uh there there was one oh, fuck, i think it was on the stronger you page but someone posted like a zero calorie pop but it had like four carbs but like the net carbs was zero so like everyone's like it's oh, throwing yeah. off my macros like but like uh, companies I don't, and that might be a states thing i don't think they're allowed to do that here but like they're mm -hmm. counting things as zero carbs because there's zero net yeah. carbs yeah and they're calling things keto friendly now right. too. that's another yeah like there's Which makes no sense. sections in the frozen food that are just like keto friendly well it's like okay i know this side of beef is keto friendly you know what i mean like it's <laughs> like it, like what do you mean it's keto friendly? like it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, so yeah, it, all they are really are, are marketing tactics, marketing gimmicks. So yeah, they, they're just playing on whatever fad. We know yeah. we're completely fucked as a society when we get labels like carnivore diet well, friendly. Or but yeah, here's it. another one though: snake diet friendly. We don't have this in Canada, but like in the states, they'll have like so they'll have like their monsters and shit or like whatever drink, and the serving size will be for like half of that or like one third one like 3.5 yeah. of it like where ours is like by the can like yeah that fucked me up on someone I'm like what the hell and then i'm reading i'm like you that's a lot of math for someone and i know what to look for yeah. like they're like what yeah. <laughs> yeah. we don't have that here though right like i'm pretty sure that's not a thing no i don't think so you shouldn't have yeah and yeah i don't i'm not a fan i've been out a calculator when i'm trying to look at nutrition right. labels so i've noticed that when you walk around in the u.s uh, 
like fuck Vegas, holy shit! Um, the serving <laughs> size on everything is ridiculous. Like, oh the, my goodness. the drinks you're walking around with these giant slushies with four ounces of alcohol in it that you can get <laughs> at a vendor on the street in a giant like plastic yeah. uh, glass. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, that's fantastic once or twice yeah but well I, I you're down there like every, times, everything but, is yeah. bigger down there oh yeah that's think, the first time i i witnessed uh when i was in vegas the first time like seven or eight years ago it was the first time i saw a half pound reese cup <laughs> that thing is enormous and that's so i had great. to read the label just because i was curious you know and it's like you know seven weeks worth of sugar and you know, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious to, to to look at i'm just like it's the size of a hockey puck like it's for americans i yeah, probably I shouldn't tell anyone this but i mean you get to the kind of consistency and the intensity of workouts that you know experienced people do and you take mm-hmm. sort of extreme dietary measures to get mm-hmm. to put on lean mass so mm-hmm. i remember when i was making a big push to get from i i was really kind of at a set point about 250 and then to get up to that set now i'm at a set point of around 260 and i had about the same level of leanness training aggressively and the difference maker was around uh last halloween actually was the big push because i ended up with a couple of boxes of reese's pita butter cups like those little ones and i think oh yeah. henry's mm-hmm. and of course i didn't end up with any kids come to the house i worked late and i had a roommate at the time and she wasn't around so we still had these two boxes so i was bringing these things to work with me every day it took me about a month to get through these two boxes but yeah. in the course of about that month i put on a lot of weight mm-hmm. and again like it didn't gain much body fat and yeah so i actually used halloween chocolate to be the catalyst to get me into the calorie territory i needed because you get to wow. this size and you're not you're not getting you can't physically ingest enough spinach and chicken yeah, uh, sure. Potato. I'm at that point too. To like the shit you gotta do is just like it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do it the other way. It's just hard. Uh, yeah. are, you, are you showing a picture Literally. of your cat so you can eat your cat? Hello, What's the cat have to do with this? Sorry, if he's, anyone's he's, listening, I, he's just showing up there behind. He's chilling. He's very still. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cute. I, my Instagram, well, people, by the time they're listening to this, I, I will literally be on a plane to fly down to hang out with you, Mike, in Spokane. Yeah, uh, and, so we'll release we'll release this in two weeks. But yeah, my Instagram story last night, I put a bunch of video of Ozzy, my cat Ozzy, up yeah. there. And so he was just doing his thing. So what else do we have for you? Yeah, we talked sneaky advertising. So mm-hmm. let's, well, we already kind of got into books, but uh, I've actually been looking for, I, I need something good to read. I kind of got a whole bunch of stuff saved up, but nothing's really yeah. interesting. So have you read anything interesting recently? What do you got for us? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and I think we've probably discussed them. I think I post most of them, but like, uh, and it, nothing to do with fitness, but just, I think, uh, society, the coddling of the American mind I found was very uh, you know, insightful. Um, and I, I think that's a good read for anybody, no matter where you are kind of on the political spectrum. And it's just, and, and he touches on, on some of the things that uh, Cal Newport talks about too, with the, in terms of the, the digital aspect proliferation, right. And especially with uh, generation I, so the, the, the generation born between 1995 and 2012 and how rates of, you know, depression and anxiety have all gone up and they, they, they are sort of correlating it with, um, you know, rampant smartphone use because that's the first, uh, generation that has graduated now graduated people that know nothing other than smartphone, which yeah. makes me feel very, very old, but, um, yeah, no, that's uh, but there's, there's massive problems associated with that. And just how, you know, the, the, at the, at the college university level, like they're promoting this, uh, you know, hypersensitive, like very, um, 
you know, they're to a point where they're derailing thought in terms of like not inviting speakers in that are what might offend some people. So, you know, they're taught to see um, uh, hurt feelings as unsafe. And I think that's the problem that they're talking about. And it's it's good. And it has a, he does a good job of, of, of showing both sides of the, the political spectrum on that as well. So um, that one I found very good. Uh, one by actually he's a colleague and I didn't even know. I mean, I've sort of somewhat heard of him, but Fat Pat Flynn, um, How to Be Better at Almost Anything. That was a really cool book. Um, I, I read that. I yeah, yeah. I wasn't really blown away with it, I'll be honest. And right, I think there's yeah. a really good underlying message about, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm hijacking you here, but no, no, that's he okay. talks about yes. really not putting the kind of effort in to get better than 80% of you know right. the best in the world at something, because in order to get beyond that 80%, it requires an enormous amount of time and specialization. You know, yes. like a concert yep. pianist. Or, you know, any, anyone else who's just at kind of the heights of human ability in certain things. And you're going to be a lot more of a diverse uh, and, and by his argument, successful person if you are have a broader range of, range of skills. And I, I think as well, like a lot of this highly specialized stuff, you can outsource and, and get people who are great sure. at it. I know I got one of my best friends. She built my website for me, which is really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, I briefly experimented with the idea of, all right, let's see if I can figure this out. And all, all the joking aside of all the trouble I have with my computers before we logged yeah. on, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a tech <laughs> Luddite at this yeah. point. It's, it's painful. Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah. I would have been time and cost prohibitive for me to try to learn the skills to build my own website when yeah. you know I had a friend who's really really great at the stuff and, and sure. wanted to do it so I was like mm-hmm. fuck yeah and it's yeah. that thing actually I'll actually speak to this for any fitness professional get a fucking website done I procrastinated oh, yeah. this stuff for, yeah. for so long mm-hmm. it then allowed me to turn around now I kick me and ask alright I gotta start writing so what I do I start writing mm-hmm. and then and I actually probably owe you a giant thank you because I think you kicked this up a lot to make me realize wait a second I can actually go bigger with this so Mike goes and grabs an article I wrote and, sh- mm. and sends it to the Personal Trainer Development Center. And then next thing you know, I'm waking up and it's like being shared on the Sunday's weekly yeah. mess, right? And this is a massive yeah. website. I'm like, holy crap. And then so yeah. that took on some traction. And then I got uh, awesome. talking to uh, Danny Sugart uh, mm-hmm. and she invited me to go write for T Nation. So just yeah. yesterday as we're recording this, I had my second article published nice. on there. And, and like that, that stuff's not happening without, you know, you initially going and, and pushing, you know, an article on, a, on a, my own little personal web page. Oh, hey, man, that was that your, <laughs> that's all you had. Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, and I, I'm one of their volunteers, so I, I help contribute to uh, article suggestions for their best. And so it's completely objective. And I just saw, I, I thought it was great. So, you know, I, I, I promote things that I think are great. And I think you, you've got a lot of amazing things to say. So, well, you know, you played World of Warcraft good. too, obviously. What's that? He probably played War- World of Warcraft too. So like that, <laughs> yeah, that was the article about, yeah, uh, right. yeah, the World of Warcraft article. I'll let anybody who wants to find that. You can go to my website, uh, www.andrewcoatsfield.com. Andrew, it's basically a biography of his, his World of Warcraft raids. <laughs> How much time I spent on it a decade plus ago. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, indeed, and I never really, uh, people sometimes will find us on our, our social media or whatever, you know, it was listening, you want to go follow us, follow us. Uh, we're not that hard to find. Guido Power on his Instagram is a good way to find him. Oh, Jesus. And we'll, what? Not Guido even, Power? I'm going to look like a people, loser. Man, I'm keeping it. Know. I'm not changing my name. It's going to be Guido.Power forever. <laughs> 
because uh, I was a power yeah, lifter. And we're, we're going to get people to go and find Mike here in a second too, because you know bringing you on is the real reason. We don't tend to talk about kind of the stuff we're doing, but it, it's actually pretty fun to see what's happened. You know, since mm. Dean and I, Dean asked me, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast?" How, how long ago was it? Like a year and a half ago? We're in the mid eighties on episodes at this point. Yeah, awesome. right, we've had we've had like the industry who's who and and more than lined up. We're so, gonna meet cool people like Mike. Yeah. That's awesome. Not actually meet this Mike. goes back to something else too. Is like not go to a seminar. Gonna fly down to Spokane. Um, yeah. Like, like literally, as people listening to this, like I'll be there, mm-hmm. and then it's the Kansas City Fitness Summit uh, three weeks later after that. Oh right, yeah. So I'm going to that, and Dean just had this whole thing in Costa Rica. I brought him to Spok- uh, to Kansas City last year. Nice. And for anyone who's worrying about going to going to one of these events, just fucking book the ticket as yeah, long as it's exactly. not going to bankrupt you. Yeah, these sort of things have been life changing. Um, the event oh, in Spokane, sure. obviously, as you're listening to this, it's ongoing right now. But mm-hmm. if you're thinking about this, our friend Tim Arndt, he hosts a world class event. He treats everybody yeah. like a VIP. The yeah. speakers are all really great. We're all friends at this point now, mm-hmm. where you get to hang out with him. It's not this exclusive thing where the speakers are too good to hang out with everybody. Only Jack Mike. Landers, Mike's the one like that. Yeah. And James Krieger are all going to be chilling out with you, having a drink. Yeah, you know, at the end awesome. of the evening, right? So. You know, guys, if you are like, wanting to see your like, get out there, network more, whatever, just start looking at some of these sort of events. Reach out to some of the people who are involved with them. And I can't encourage you enough to go do it. And uh, hopefully, you know, here in Edmonton, we've, you know, there's a few events coming up. As Dean Somerset stuff, he's got a skip and shoulder yeah. blueprint uh, at the end of May, which is going to be really, really, really good. What else? I think my buddy Jeff Aker, he's a, a Calgary trainer. He's yeah, the yeah. Alberta head of the NSCA. So he's doing the NSCA's Alberta annual, uh, it's a one day that's happening here in, uh, in Edmonton in June. Yeah. And, uh, we, we were cooking up a surprise. We're not going to get into it, but we're cooking up a surprise here for Edmonton as well later awesome. on. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anything to add to all that stuff? No, I, I totally agree about, you know, what just, just do it. Like book that flight, whatever it is for the conference. I mean, you know, if as you're listening to this, they, uh, the Inland Empire is 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 upon us. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I was talking to Tim about it last year. I'm like, dude, this isn't just a conference. It's like a movement, right? Um, yeah. And and when you whenever you get that shit, there is just so much value in the connections you make, the networking, um, the camaraderie. It, it really is an amazing experience. And yeah, I haven't been to the the fitness summit in KC in a long time. It's been like five years. I just calculated, but I uh, definitely want to get back there at some point. Um, yeah, but I mean, these things are just, they're incredibly valuable and yeah, I mean, in you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your clients, um, in your networking. I can't think of better wins than that in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of where you're investing your, your money for continuing education. Great. Um, where do they find you? Where, where, where do, where do all the people find Mike on the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like Andrew just got his website up. Mine's in the latter processes of being redone. So it should be up soon, but you can find me at leanminded.com. That's that, that's in flux right now, but it'll be up and running in full swing the next couple of days. So, but probably easiest to find me at Instagram at leanminded or Facebook, um, you know, just, uh, leanminded uh facebook.com slash lean minded so yeah and just yeah say hello and um that's where you go keyboard commando that's where you go keyboard commandos on the facebook that's right yeah exactly (laughs) i've never heard i've heard three terms i've never heard before keyboard commando (laughs) solopreneur there's another one andrew said ah 
Anyways, I've learned some new things today. It was good. <laughs> this this was really fun. I hope everybody really liked it. Uh, this is why we bring you back, Mike, is because it always gets really great conversation. <laughs> uh, sure. I, I feel like I say this every episode, but there's a reason why we pick the guests we do. We want our listeners to follow you guys and to, especially if some of the stuff that you know Mike is saying is really resonating with you, uh, go link up with him, follow what he's doing. Uh, we don't pick our guests by accident, that's for sure. And like I said earlier, uh, this the podcast is really about highlighting the guests, and, and Guido and I really try to take a backseat to what's going on in these episodes. But of course, we appreciate it if you guys are checking out what we're doing too. So, brother, thank you so much. Uh, well, I love the you stuff guys. you're doing, and you know, I'll, I'll highlight this too. Like, yeah, not all of our guests are as quote famous as as Brett Contreras and Sophie Lee are. Maybe a Dr. Mike Isertel. But when it comes to industry insiders, you're one of the people that when we posted our the last podcast, you people were like, holy fuck, awesome. We love Mike. Oh, and they're just lining up to listen to it. Uh, we, we got a lot of that when we put put you up there. You're really well respected oh, within our community. That. That's very nice. No, it, that's, that's something. You're not really famous, though, so get over it. Well, thanks guys for tuning in and we, I got to figure out who uh, we're getting on the podcast next. I got a few things awesome. lined up, but uh, I got a few people to ask. So hopefully we'll have something great for you. Uh, thanks a lot. Yes. I appreciate this very much guys. Thank you. Shut up and sit down.